otherwise on SAFM. Yay, 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 yay. Okay, well, welcome to Otherwise. We apologize for the break in, in link, but now we are on. My name is Shadow Twala, and with me is my producer, Hazel Markuzeni, and uh, you listening to us on SAFM, uh, South Africa's news and information leader, and you may reach us on 0892102010 or email otherwise at safm.co.za. Otherwise, on SAFM. Now, I'm very excited. Over the weekend, I, I, we had, I had conversations with people who have changed their eating habits and talking about vegetarianism and what it is, and some saying, oh, what can you do with, with just vegetables? Um, that's boring food, tasteless, and all of that. And I, I knew I had somebody I knew who's done very well, um, being vegetarian, and I thought I'd find him this morning and, and talk to him. Sansa, hello. Hello, ma. How are you? You're more than welcome on our airways. Big up SAFM for having you over. <laughs> <laughs> now, we were jealous that Cape Town had you as Houting since you brought us up. <laughs> now I'm happy you are around nationally. How are you doing? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And how's, how's Ara- Eat Arabi doing? It's thriving. You know, Arabi's kitchen. the neighborhood and all the campaigns associated. You know, it's, it's quite exciting talking about vegetarianism also again. I am, you know, I, I am not a fundamentalist in the sense. You know, I just, I came into the city as a youngster mm. to study and it was my first experience also outside home. Mm. And then two, three days later, you realize that, you know, there is no fridge or just meat that's always packed in the fridge as a young person growing up in Soweto, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I had to find alternative ways, you know, through smelling a whiff of some strong curry and on Hillbrow, there were ashrams at that time, and there were all these happy, chappy churches they let you in, and then I discovered, you know, alternative ways of eating, they were quite cheaper for me, it just made sense to the lifestyle at the time, and, and, and I've grown, and I have a lot of friends who have not stopped eating meat, but have increased their intake of vegetables, mm-hmm. and as the country grows, you've got different ways of uh, of cooking and enjoying food, living in Yobul, you see this pan-African cuisine. Mm. And how it's so much based actually also on vegetarianism. You know, everybody else, there's cow everywhere else, but there's other little things really that should be putting us together, and that's how I'm on this path. But tell me how healthy it has become for you. Oh, well, <laughs> I, have a new boy, I have a new healthy baby now. Oh, wow. You know, just six months. So I'm not saying to a, a, a product of being a vegetarian, <laughs> but I mean, really also vegetarians can still also have children. It's not like old grannies from the northern suburb, you know, eating something plain next door to a health shop. It's not a cafe attached to a health shop. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just like an alternative way. So somehow, I don't know. I mean, you know, like I say, a lot of my meat-eating friends, and we grew up with these South African pie societies and all, I'm always the guy with a little foil and something exciting inside, and I throw it also into the burning fire around other, you know, animals of choice. And then I just open, and then everybody just like nibbles. I go to these maimais, where you think Zulu men eat pap and meat. And mm-hmm. then they'll let you know what a mushroom in is in a sisi Zulu. And, you know, old ladies, you will always show you when you've overcooked your stuff. So there's always, you know, you see that this is actually, it, it, it's there. Under, it's, it's under your nose, and you know, even though we are just made to be looking like a meat and pup eating community, so it's, it's an alternative, and it is quite 
healthy and it's quiet, it also makes conversations and also adds to the lifestyle. It's, it's kind of like I'm more in the arts and mm. I've seen how people make new music, mm. you know, even though there's nothing new about music per se, yeah. but how you can add your voice. And somehow I feel like, you know, if you're a vegetarian or if you open your palate that way, then you, there's more conversation and there's much more to add into lifestyle, into your cuisine, into also making your body, you know, uh, charge extra. Do you know, what are, what are the alternatives, though? I mean, as you say, your palate, you need to educate your palate because, and, and introduce new tastes and, and mm. see, see alternative ways of, of, of cooking your, 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 your food. But the, the transition, Sansa, is what, are, you know, the initial stages of introducing yourself to a non-meat meal um, could be quite a challenge. So how, how would you talk me into it? Well, I think it's more based on our culture. Shall I, I, would, I would really disagree. You know, somehow I think we've overeaten pap in South Africa. They say it's bad. And I think it's quite good mm-hmm. to have maize and steamed, even though the word is wrong. To cook pap is kind of like also steaming maize. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing more that you put, yeah, especially if you tone down the salt. We all add our grannies. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, when we eat, if you look at the South African seven-color dishes and there's beetroot, there's a thing they used to call Sunday best. <laughs> and I grew up with just under a choice of seven vegetables in my life. And you see the ones we add on the weekends and the ones we have during the week. And like now I'm much more schooled. I mean, I'm more into legumes, chickpeas, and I make aubergines. This I can steam aubergines. I can roast them. I can just dry them. I can make them like biltong. I'm playing around. But for me, it's kind of like paying attention to what is around. But I don't think also again that we 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 don't know much about vegetarianism. We cook with vegetables. It's just don't know what enhances a particular stew in your meat. You know that they cook a particular vegetable and the way it is cooked. Mm-hmm. It's about paying attention to detail. It's all around us. And it's true. And it's there. I mean, people just know. And then once you, you know, we always told my granny to say, you must start with the meat when you are eating so that when the visitors arrive, <laughs> at least you've eaten your meat. And because everybody just wants to eat the meat at the last. And then you eat your pap and you're holding on to your relish and then thinking, them. and then the end there's someone visiting and they have to eat your meat. So somehow you could be robbed also being a meat eater, you know. So it's, it's about what's around your table. And then, you know, you, you, you find small things. What was added there? I mean, talking about spices that are put in meat also drives you back to understand herbs, understanding spice, understanding things that go around with so-called meat. If your food is always based on meat, and people always say, I can't eat, there's no meat in my plate. But I say, but then look around, you know, I mean, look only just beyond the meat. Look how the meat is cooked and then understand. And then somehow then you get to know tomato-free dishes and then people have got allergies now. We are much more aware of what is really when our bodies talk to us. Mm. And then from then on, then you start expanding and then wanting more variety to cook with your meat or to cook separately, not to bastardize your food anymore. And then we grow. I'm really not such a scholar. Like, Ella, you're asking me if I'm a chef or a cook. And I said, I'm a cook. Mm-hmm. And sometimes uh, some of my recipes are stolen. I'm in a, a dingy Hillbrook restaurant and they don't want to let you into the kitchen per se. But through tasting the food and just peeping and then being nice to the aunt, and then you just see the layers. Uh, Nigerians and Ethiopians, to me, amongst one of the best cooks in this continent, and they, how they layer their food and how much vegetable is based. Nigerians, you know, they like this cow, cow bone or cow leg. But if you look at their sauces, whether it's okra based or whether it's a goosey, a goosey is like um, pumpkin uh, kernels that are dried and they are crushed to make this cake that is white. I mean, just what they do with their so-called meat dishes. A lot of vegetarianism, or a lot of vegetarian ingredients and the style of cooking. Get into it. Get into it. You just have to look around and, you know, and, and then enjoy what South Africa has to offer. Sandra, hold that thought. We're back talking to you after this. Okay, dear love.
otherwise on SAFM. Now, Sandra, we, we're talking about your restaurant and, and, and the food, and I love the fact that, you know, you have lots of influences uh, from, from um, diff- especially from your area where you live, you've, you've, you, because there's a wonderful community that lives in Yeovil, and it's, it's no longer just South Africans. There are people from all over the world that live there. And you've, you've fused all of this into your food at, at uh, Arabi's Kitchen. Sandra? As a veggie, then it's also also easy for you to separate, you know. I think also being a vegetarian is all about stripping down. And it's been quite fascinating. And I did not know that if you get into African food, it's also you get deeper into vegetarian cooking. Because what, what is different to introduce is things like okra. What is this green thing? What is this red thing? I think there's nothing really curious about meat. Mm-hmm. Or somehow, you know, like you find other, there's this dish called all meat soup where people put tripe and cow mm-hmm. and all different mm. animals in one soup. And then maybe that could be cause for debate. But mostly what people are always talking about is the particular smell. Hey, did you some Nigerian? It smells like this. Then I explain, it's actually palm oil. Do you know what a palm tree is? And this. So it's, 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 I realize that being a vegetarian is quite mainstream and it's also quite humble, you know, as, mm-hmm. a, as, a, as, a, as an African, because it's all about our vegetation. You know, everybody's emotional about issues of land and politics. Mm-hmm. And I'm always, you know, my agenda is more about, you know, how much can we eat from our ground? Mm. And, you know, and then as an African community talking about all these social political issues, I think it also takes us back to the land and what the land can produce, which is actually alternative vegetables, you know, and then things we can plant and grow and how to cook. And I'm always there if you really need a lesson, in, you know, <laughs> in terms of like cooking. But otherwise, you know, this, you strip down what community is all about, especially if you're into culture. You know, and culture is a stronger tool in terms of uh, food, is a stronger tool in terms of culture. And then when you get into people's food, whether you're for vegetarian, for vegetarian food or meat species, then you just see a lot of varieties and a lot of approaches, a lot of styles. You know, as a woman from Tanzania in Yobul, she just steals all her food. Everything she cooks is rasta. I don't use oil. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought, you know, and as a veggie, also who's not, I'm not such a health expert, but, you know, I know food and health. And then I look at this woman and, like, this is a woman who should be in my shop or who should be on this show talking about what it means to cook without oil. Mm-hmm. All her life as a Muslim, a Tanzanian cook, she cooks goat's meat and she makes, she steams all these types of spinaches, you know, there's like a lot of Zimbabwean spinach, chomolia, there's a rabi, the Chinese are coming up with their own type of spinach. You find the Yubu markets are there with like seven types of like leaf, green leaves and then you can find out this one is cooked, this one is done with tomatoes, this is tomato free, this you can actually easily steam and all of that. It's, it's, it's that kind of world, you know, and it's about how much I can take and I just contribute my little bit towards that because it's quite colorful. So is everywhere else. When I was in Cape Town, I mean, you go to the, the Green Market Square and then you just meet people and then after work you help them pack up and then you go to their homes, you realize that people are cooking amazing food. That's what keeps us standing all the time. Wow, that's an, a great way to live, you know, and as you say, it, you meet people and you exchange who they are, you learn about them, and and all of this is done through food. Now, people would say, where do you shop for those ingredients? Where where do you find uh, those leaves that you want to be te- testing and tasting uh, and finding out how other people would cook them? But where do you, where do you, where do you shop for, for the ingredients? Whew. In my community, and you know, it's also one of the things that made me discover more food and become a vegetarian, having grown up in Soweto. And actually, my first film about food was more about, you know, the, 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 uh, the township Big Five. And thought, 
You know, people come to Africa for the five top animals. And I thought, in the township also, only in the big five, which are the onion, tomato, izambane, you know, on the weekend, then you'll find a little bit of beetroot. And I realized that we didn't, we only only have our big five when it comes to vegetables. But again, I'm what, what's our big again, five? You said the approach. What you can make with the big five in terms of if you want to steam your potatoes and you want to use your onion to really make a little sauce and you want to make you eat your. We always argue that at primary school is tomato a fruit, and then that <laughs> itself just makes you approach things differently. That tomato is not for tomato sauce. Mm-hmm. You know, and that you can do a lot with tomato. You can make salads. You can eat it in the morning. Chili is a, is a vitamin thing. You can have your chili in breakfast, depending on how what food you're having. If it's too acidic, if you're having pineapples, you can chop some chili if you've got that sharp palate. You know, you can handle hot stuff. It's about playing around. But with what we have as South Africans, otherwise, if you want to get into the bigger culture, especially the African culture in terms of cooking, you visit the Pan African markets. They come with cheap prices and free recipes. <laughs> <laughs> So Pan-African markets are places. There are a lot of Pan-African markets they're all around. And, you know, in, if you live in Johannesburg, if you see all these aunties with their kanga, you know, these streets and they're selling food in the streets, and you, you, you know, engage them. Just, just buy these little granny fingers called okra. It's about three or five friends for, for a, a testing sample package for you. And then you ask, how do you cook it? I'm very much interested. They're much keen. They know oh, you're from South Africa. Oh, you don't know this. Let me show you to cook it. And, you know, it, it's, it's out there. Otherwise, you know, because I don't usually drive people to health shops, they're a bit expensive, and it's also the same thing. In the, now there's this buzz where the organic, the organic. I think the smaller the vegetable, the better. If you have these, like those short, small bananas, they're sweeter, they're healthier. The smaller tomatoes, they're less watery, and they've got more, you know, the iron, the stuff that you need from a, a vegetable. So, you know, let's just play around with what we have, and let's cook simpler. And I go back again to the township all the time. The grain will always tell you when you overcook something, when you put too much sugar or salt, because you must strip everything down so that you can actually enjoy the natural ingredient. And let's get to our vegetables. We have our big five to start with, but let's identify them in our meat dishes or separate them from meat when you grill and then really look, um, you know, look deeply into what else is there, how is pap, what is in it, you know, and then how do you want to make your gravy? Can you make a tomato freezes? How do you make these so-called curries? Mm. You know, and then how do you play around with your spices, even if you have your raja, but you put a little bit of it and then know what you're putting it and how you're putting it so that in case it's magical, you can do it again <laughs> and you can improve it. In case. Sandra, where, where is your restaurant? Please tell us, because now everyone's going to want to come in uh, your kitchen rather than yeah. a restaurant. I, I have a Twitter handle. It's uh, Sandra Radio. I like to post a lot of my dishes and uh, my you know, just generally my attitude to, towards culture and lifestyle, using food as a tool. I'm based on Rocky Street. I've been there. I have a campaign of my mentor, and a late mentor, Arabi Mucheke, you mm-hmm. know, who really taught me a lot about Pan-Africanism and walking in the streets and enjoying the people and what the so-called migrants had to offer in terms of culture and the exchange. Mm-hmm. So there's this thing of naming Rocky Street in Yobul after Arabi Mucheke, called the Arabi oh, Mucheke wow. Street. And my, my, my restaurant is called Arabi, and Arabi was very famous with the intellectuals, with the ladies, with the youth, with the <laughs> migrants. So it's like a buzzword. If you're looking for Sanda, you're looking for Arabis, there's a big sign that says food underneath the reggae club called Tando, which is an institution on Rocky Street. So I'm always there till about 2 a.m., uh, beating the bylaws, you know. I tell them, I tell the police I'm cooking for tomorrow. That's why I'm still open at night. Otherwise, I'm trading throughout till the club shut down. And it's an amazing neighborhood. And, and also to top it up with my food and my an alternative approach to eating and chilling in an informal you know, um, a ghetto uh, within a city that is called Yovel. So anytime, follow my Instagram and, you know, I'm Sanza Sandile on uh, uh, Facebook. I'm based in Yovel. I'm 
You know, I was on radio when I was a youngster, so I'm a bit famous. Just ask around. <laughs> if you look strange, they will know that you are coming to my place. If you're on Rocket Street and you're looking a bit lost, they'll, they'll lead you straight to my shop. And it, it, from there, we'll hit it off. When are, you, when are you taking the shop anywhere else? I'm opening in Parkhurst. Uh-huh. You know, for some demand, I'm, you know, trying to move up, come closer to these, uh, you know, alternative eaters, you know, because they've been used to health shops. So I'm coming to really bring my, my naughty food, my naughty palate to somewhere in Parkhurst. Just before you enter the, the main street of the restaurants, mm-hmm. there was an old uh, restaurant called Lucky Moo, and I'm trying to rebuild and really, t- um, and I come up with, uh, with, with, a, with a lifestyle in that part of the city. You know, I'm, I'm a Jovega, and I'm, I'm trying to I- intervene everywhere else with my noise. Fantastic. We wish you all the best and thank you for your time. So much love. I'm so humbled. Thanks so much, Sandra. All the best. <laughs> thank yes. you, darling. Okay, bye-bye. That's Sansa. He's young. You only have to go there to experience him. And he is vegetarian, but not all the food in his kitchen is vegetarian. And uh, find him on Rocky Street in, in Johannesburg and soon to go to Parkhurst. Coming up, we'll be, we'll be talking... Um, uh, uh, obesity, but first it is time for SAFM News with Kirat Lala. Otherwise on SAFM. You're listening to Otherwise, and joining me now is Annika Barnard, who is a registered dietitian with the Heart and Stroke Foundation. Annika, thank you so much for your time. You're very patient with us. No problem. Thanks for having me. Now, I, I hope you heard a bit of my. Uh, uh, Conversation with Sansa. <laughs> I did. <laughs> very, it was very interesting. I agree with many of the things he said. Yeah, because really, what I wanted to approach is 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 the thought or plant a seed in everyone's mind that it is possible to become vegetarian. But I thought you would share with us, and we'll talk about obesity in a bit. In a bit, I thought you'd share with us though what what, what it means uh, um, to your body if you look at an alternative uh, way of eating, like. Being vegan. All right. So um, dietitians usually advise people to follow a normal or uh, what is considered normal or balanced uh, meal plan or eating plan, and that usually contains all the food groups. So your starches, definitely fruits and vegetables, as well as meats. And the reason why we suggest this approach is that. all the different types of food contain different nutrients, and mm-hmm. our body needs a good balance of all of these to become or remain healthy. Mm-hmm. So if you are choosing to exclude meat products um, from your diet, you just have to be very aware of where to find sufficient amounts of protein, um, calcium, iron, zinc, um, as well as vitamin D and B12. Mm-hmm. So if this is something you want to do, it's advisable to go to um, a dietitian, for instance, and have um, them help you to make sure you get enough of the nutrients into your diet. Mm-hmm. But of course, we know vegetarian or vegan diets are usually you know, low in your saturated fats, which are considered your less healthy fats. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you are overweight and looking for or a way to decrease um, your body weight. This might be a good approach, although it might not work for everyone, and certainly it is important to make sure that over the long run you do not develop any nutritional deficiencies. Mm. Now, apparently we, you know, uh, according to an article I was reading, that overweight and obesity rates have risen by third in South Africa. 
It really is shocking. Um, Two-thirds of women in South Africa and almost a third of men are considered being overweight or obese. And they estimate that between the age groups of 2 to 13 years, 23% of our children are in fact overweight or obese. So it seriously is a very, very big problem. And I think there's a lot of debate um, in the media at the moment about what the right diet is and what that entails and what's the best way to lose some weight. But obviously we're not eating correctly or we need to change the mindset. I mean, I'm thinking that it, it will have an impact in the kinds of diseases and in our health care eventually. Absolutely, uh, if, if it people, already is. It, it is already a challenge. And I'm not too sure if, if we, we should be asking, uh, we should take it as seriously as asking government to intervene. I mean, if they can intervene with things like alcohol and smoking, uh, is, is it not one of the issues that we should be tackling? Well, I, I certainly think so. I think it might be a good way forward. Um, and my personal opinion of the problems in South Africa actually pertain to the amounts of ready prepared food or takeaway food that we do eat. Mm. Um, and that was what I was referring to when I mentioned that your, your previous case had some good pointers and that's, um, you know, to return to preparing your food itself mm. um, and moving away from all the processed foods which are very often very high in energy and unhealthy fats as well as salt. And all of those things um, have led to us um, increasing our body mass. But also I think another big problem with takeaway and convenience food, it is usually served in very large portions. Mm -hmm. We know that um, economically a lot of South Africans are struggling and we often try to get best value for money. But buying those extra large portions of um, fatty, meaty, salty products isn't necessarily feeding your body um, and you're not providing sufficient nutrition to your family. Um, so I think we could definitely, you know, look into um, stricter regulations in government. Um, I think that would be a way forward. But I do also think that we just need to equip ourselves with some um, knowledge regarding what do we actually give our families when we buy these takeaways? What do we need to give them? Mm. <clears throat> what are the dangers? I mean, when someone is obese or, or overweight, usually they... I, I, do they know that they're overweight? With, okay, that's when, a when, very tricky question. I think um, just um, considering all the different cultures we have in South Africa and also considering the high rates of obesity and overweight conditions, um, I think it's becoming very difficult to recognize someone when they are overweight or obese. And often when patients are referred to me by a doctor, you have to break the news that, um, you know, they are overweight. So often a person is not aware that they are overweight or obese, and the only way of knowing that is either determining your BMI um, or then doing a waist circumference. We can go into the details of that, but I think let's just define obesity first, mm. um, and that is basically it's a health condition in which your weight or your body fat percentage is significantly more than the ideal or what is considered healthy. So it definitely does increase your risk for a, a whole range of diseases, including cardiovascular disease mm. um, like heart attacks and strokes, cancers, arthritis, diabetes, and even psychological and reproductive problems. So it's a serious problem, um, and often people think, oh, you know, um, I'm a bit overweight, I'm happy, I'm healthy, and that's actually not the case. Um, when it comes to being overweight, there are really um, severe and um, uh, terrible 
consequences, especially for our children. So, and I'm worried about those two to thirteen years children you mentioned yeah. earlier. Yeah. What What should you see? Again, it, we must all do some cooking at home, and yes. I, I, and I take it that women are more responsible for what we put on the dinner table. Yes, and I think, I mean, again, the reason for the obesity within our children is also multifactorial. We now see that most of our mommies have to work. We need that extra income into the household to make mm. sure, you know, we make ends meet. So often we have overstressed, overworked parents, and by the time you get home, you don't really feel like preparing anything. Mm. I mean, of course, with all the advertising, you know, the people advertise, if you buy our family meal, you'll be happy and healthy. <laughs> and so Supersize me. <laughs> yes, yeah, and uh, you know they often they play on 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 the, the mom's responsibility for caring for the family, and that mm. can be very misleading. Um, you know, having takeaway meals four times a week um, is not recommended, and often we see it's even more. Um, you should really try and limit your takeaways to once a month and be cooking at home most of the time. But also be aware of the processed foods you uh, prepare at home. For instance, um, try and stay away from processed meats like your polonies, your viannas, your mm. sausages, and rather go back to your lean meats like fish, chicken without the skin, some um, lean mints, for instance, and, and always being very aware of the combinations of food that you actually do add to your home-cooked meals. Cheese, for instance, can also be very high in salt as well as unhealthy fat. It's okay to use that from time to time in moderation, but um, just because it's a home-cooked meal does not make the cheese and the very fatty meat healthy. We must make it cool to to carry sandwiches from home, for instance, for our children. Exactly, and it, that is healthy as well as economical. Yeah, because, you know, people don't carry lunches from home anymore. And I think if, if moms, I remember, we, we would cook in, in large amounts mm-hmm. and, and freeze, if you don't have time, uh, freeze the food and then alternate and alternatively use what you cooked on Sunday, on a Wednesday, you know, and exchange like that. So you've always got a home-cooked meal, even if it's from the freezer. Exactly, and that's a, a great recommendation for the listeners. Um, I mean, that's much better than giving them some money to quickly do a drive through or, mm. you know, stop for a garage buy. So what what should we be worried about? I, I really want to talk to the obese people because how do they – they don't know, you say, some of them, that they are obese, so they're not, they're, they're not worried about it. But how can we who recognize that if there's an obese person in my family, how do I break the news? And what, what sort of help, how can I direct them to see or seek help? Okay, so firstly, um, a person is diagnosed as being overweight or obese if they have a BMI of above 25. Mm-hmm. Um, when your BMI goes above 30, you are considered to be obese. Okay, so if you want to determine your um, BMI, you take your weight divided by your length squared. Okay, so for instance, if you are 54 kilograms and you are Mm 1.54, you would have a BMI of roughly 22.8, if my my calculations are correct. So that is a healthy BMI. But the moment it goes above 25 or 30, you will have health consequences. Mm -hmm. Another easier way, perhaps, um, to... Determine um, your your weight or your level of obesity is also to do waist circumference. 
uh, a waist circumference of 80 centimeters for women and 94 centimeters for men does make you have an increased risk, risk for CVD, which is, of course, cardiovascular disease. Mm. So we have to aim for a waist circumference smaller than this. Okay, and then obviously you can have a look at the, the general appearance of this person. Um, if they carry most of their fat around their um, waist or they are built like an apple, they are at greater risk for health consequences mm-hmm. than those, for instance, who have a bit more flesh around the hips or are built like um, pears. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can either determine this at home or go see your GP or a dietitian who will help you to determine where your um, body index lies and what should be your steps forward. Anika, thank you so much for your time. How do we how do we refer people to you? Or is there a website or yes, we do have email? a website. Mm-hmm. You can visit us at www.heartfoundation.ca.za, and over there you can find many more tips um, for cooking healthy, including more fruits and vegetables in your diet, um, as well as reducing your weight. We do have a meal plan for for ladies as well as men, um, and also some recommendations for moderate physical activity. Of course. All of these things will help you to reach and maintain a healthy weight. Oh, you have a great 2014, Annika, and thank and you for your time. Same to you. Goodbye. Bye-bye. That website again, uh, www.heartfoundation.co.za. Let's, let's eat properly. You are what you eat. So let's, let's, let's change our lifestyles a bit, okay? And that's, that's, I think that's going to be my theme for this week. Let's just try and steer you the right direction. If, if, it's, if we need to work with your, with your family or, or, you know, send messages to everybody that, you know, we need, we need to just really talk about what we can do to make sure that what we put on the table is healthy for everyone. We'll take a bit of music before Nali Bali. Yeah. 
Fever by uh, Beyonce, which brings us to time for Nalibali.